Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning, everyone. You are tuned to 855 AM 3CR and you're listening to Out of the Blue on this Sunday morning. In the studio today, myself, Donna, Farm, Matt on the panel, Gus, and soon we're going to be joined by Basha Starzak from the Australian Conservation Foundation to talk a little bit about the potential impacts of the Adani coal mine on the Great Barrier Reef. Um, and we also have a canine member in our studio today, my dog Bonnie, who turns 10 on Wednesday. She's just joining us for a bit of a show. We'll be back soon with a little bit of news and then that interview with Basha Starzak. Estás sintonizando 3CR 855 de tu dial AM. صدای ما را از رادیو 3CR 855 AM می‌شنوید. Kính thưa quý vị, đây là đài phát thanh 3CR trên làn sóng AM 855. Tracer broadcasts over 130 programs in 25 languages supporting communities and viewpoints that you just don't hear about anywhere else. Subscribe to your award-winning multilingual community radio station, 3CR, and help keep these voices on the airwaves. Call the station on 94198377. The number is again 94198377. Leading with a media release from the Australian Marine Conservation Society today, um, on Friday the 22nd of September, they um, released this media release for us. Um, Queensland Government must ban Great Barrier Reef transshipping or break election promise. Um, the media release goes on to state that in response to the draft consultation paper released today, so Friday the 22nd, by the Queensland Government on transshipping in the Great Barrier Reef, the Australian Marine Conservation Society has called on the government to fully implement its 2015 election commitment. 
Imogen Zetherfen, AMCS Fight for the Reef campaign director, said in 2015 the Australian Labor Party promised to prohibit transshipping operations within the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park. The consultation paper released today doesn't fulfil that promise. Instead, it sets up an assessment framework that allows transshipping to extend from the four priority ports, Townsville, Abbott Point, Hay Point and Gladstone, out to the Marine Park. We'll put up a full copy of that media release on the Out of the Blue Facebook page for you to have a read of. Um, and for more information on that, head to the AMCS website for um, for more info as well as the Environment Heritage Protection uh, website too, which is the Queensland Government's Environment Department. And Gus has something William. as yeah, well from Sea Shepherd for us. And our media release from Sea Shepherd where they're backing up the community protest against massive fish farm in, Tasmanian, in a Tasmanian well nursery. Um, it goes like this. Sea Shepherd is proud to offer its support to today's Oak Float Flotilla protest against the introductions of fish farms in the pristine waters of Tasmania's Oakhampton Bay. The salmon farming company Tasal has plans to put 28 net pens filled with 800,000 fish in an area that is critical nursery for the southern right whale. Stated uh, by Sea Shepherd uh, spokespersons, Adam Berling. Um, yeah, it, it is uh, a nursery for southern right whales and they're trying to protect uh, the area from uh, getting filled by salmon nets and uh, getting the whales entangled in, in the area. Awesome. Thank you. We are going to cut to a cart now and we'll be right back. Help 3CR support the rights of Indigenous Australians. They mean to save our culture and save our dreams, our footprints, dreams, our songline and keep our culture going strong. Of course, a lot of the Aboriginals, having been stolen, were put into state care and also others The recognition were. of what our people have been through in the last 200 years, the recognition of our culture in the last 40,000 years and the recognition of where we are heading into the future. Welcome to uh, Survival Day, Invasion Day. 223 years ago, the white man landed on our shores. Subscribe to 3CR and help keep Indigenous voices on air. Call us on 94198377 or visit 3cr.org.au. Subscribe now. Welcome back to 3CR. You're tuned to 855 AM and you're listening to Out of the Blue with our jam-packed studio today. Um, and joining us now is Basha Starzak from the Australian Conservation Foundation. Welcome, Basha. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Cool. So Basha is the Healthy Ecosystems Campaigner at the Australian Conservation Foundation um, and is here in our studio today to have a chat to us about the Adani coal mine and the potential impacts of that on the Great Barrier Reef. Um, so I might just start with a bit of a background question about just if you can tell us a bit about the Adani coal mine and where it's at legally, I guess, as well, and approvals and how it all happened. Absolutely. Thank well, you. the Adani coal mine is a coal mine proposed um, in what's known the Galilee Coal Basin, <coughs> which is a brand new thermal coal, so coal for, for burning, for electricity, um, coal basin that's yet unopened. And Adani's mine is the, the biggest 
uh, in the basin, but also the biggest in Australia, if it's ever built. Um, it was proposed about seven years ago, um, and the idea behind it is really to open up the rest of the Galilee Coal Basin for other miners, because there isn't anything out there. There's no infrastructure, nothing like that. So Adani will go first, build in all the infrastructure, and then we'll see other mines potentially go in. And so obviously this is a major concern um, when we've got things like the Paris Agreement, which are all about lowering our global emissions and trying to stay below 1.5. The idea of opening up a whole new coal basin seems completely insane. <laughs> and that's why there's been this massive, big community campaign that's actually been running um, for about six years now to really try and stop this mine from going ahead and stop the Galley Basin from opening up. I was doing some reading up about it just during the week and I read somewhere that the maximum output of the Galilee Basin is 330 million tonnes a year of coal, which is just like beyond astounding. I can't even comprehend that. Um, and just that mine, the um, Adani one, is 30 kilometres long. Um, huge Huge, yeah, it's a, it's a massive mine. It's a it's a crazy crazy idea in this world where we have to tackle climate change. And really, if we look, if we start burning the Galilee coal, then we're literally adding a whole other country to our global emissions. Um, and that's just not going to work if you want to actually bring down global temperatures. But it's not just the climate impacts that we're worried about, um, particularly for the local communities. Farmers are worried about the water impacts. Adani has this unlimited water license. Um, and central Queensland is an area that really does struggle with drought. Um, it's a dry landscape. And the idea of a miner having that much water at their fingertips is, is, is concerning. Um, there's concerns about, obviously, the shipping impacts. We're going to see an increase in shipping through the Great Barrier Reef as that coal is exported out. There's a great deal of concern about that and the impact on the reef that will have. Um, and an impact on the species, the local species that live there. Um, the site of the Carmichael Mine is the home of uh, one of the last homes remaining of the endangered black-throated finch. Um, and that bird really has nowhere to go um, if we start um, building that mine and destroying its habitat. So it's climate, it's water, it's the local species. And for a lot of the communities, it's also the impact of the mining coal boom on those communities. I was lucky enough to spend some time with Claire Johnson, who's a single mother from Mackay. And she talks about this thing of, you know, the mining boom that came to those communities. Yes, it has its benefits, but it also has its downsides. <coughs> and what those communities really need is long term sustainable economic change and transition to different types of industries that don't threaten the Great Barrier Reef and the tourism industry out there and provide stable jobs. And the tourism industry out there, um, I was reading, supports so many more people than the mining industry could or would, given the construction of Adani and the other mines that will come after it. Yeah, exactly. So it's a really important industry for Australia, but it's also, you know, all about the Great Barrier Reef, which is something that all Australians really love and want to see survive. And it's already under immense pressure. Um, the data showing we've lost a large percentage of that reef from the last two record-breaking bleaching events. Mm. Um, and if we just keep putting under pressure, scientists are warning us we will lose it and our children, our grandchildren are never going to get to enjoy it. Mm. I read somewhere like 50% of it was lost or something like that in the last two bleaching incidents, um, which is, again, astounding. Um, and this coal mine that's proposed, who knows what impacts that could potentially have. Um, but the shipping channel won't be th – the shipping and all of that will be at Abbott Point, which is just outside the 
Great Barrier Reef Marine Park, is that right? That's right. So one of the proposals <laughs> um, has been that Adani operates Abbott Point, um, which is a coal port um, that sits outside the marine park, but the ships um, go through the marine park in order. There's a channel, shipping channels that exist that currently work. Um, that go through the, the reef to, to get the ships out to sea. Um, and the numbers vary, but you know if these mines all open up, we're talking about potentially up to 500 more ships wow. per year going through the reef, which is a huge amount on a reef that's already struggling. And add that, add that to the serious climate impacts from the burning of this coal, and the reef is in serious trouble. It's already in serious trouble. So there's a few issues there, just not only the shipping impacts and potential spills, coal dust, um, etc., impacting the reef and however that travels through the water around in and around the reef. But then, yeah, as you say, also the impacts of burning the coal, um, global warming and that impact on the reef. So there's quite a few issues there. It's not just there's going to be a mine and it'll affect our water table. There are so many other things, flow-on effects that we'll be seeing from such a mine. That's right, and that's why this mine um, has gathered so much community attention and we've seen um, lots of local groups form right around the country from up in northern Queensland all the way down to here in, in Victoria and in Melbourne to really put pressure on now mainly our politicians um, to really say no to this project. Um, we've seen all the Australian banks now rule this project out. They're not interested in touching it. Wow. Um, which is, you know, it says a lot. Yeah. Um, and so now really the main uh, publicly known proponent for putting money into this project is the Australian government. Um, and they're proposing to spend um, a billion dollars, give Adani a billion dollar concessional loan, so low interest loan that maybe, maybe will not be paid back. There's a lot of questions about whether Adani would ever pay it back. Um, to build the build the railway line that's required to get the mine to get the coal out of the mine and to Abbott Point. So, yeah, there's a lot of community anger and a lot of community passion to really see this project stopped and say no, Australia doesn't want any more coal mining. What we want is a clean, green, sustainable future transitioning to renewable energy. I don't think I've seen an environmental um, campaign like this big and this fired up for a long time. Can you tell us a bit about? the campaign that's going on and the groups that are working together um, on this campaign. Yeah, happy to. Yeah, it's it, look, I think it probably has been a while since we've seen um, an environmental campaign quite this size, which is really, really exciting. Um, there's a lot of larger NGO groups such as GetUp, such as the Australian Conservation Foundation, 350.org, the Australian Marine Society, um, just a whole bunch of them. I'm going to apologise mm. for everyone I forget to name. Um, but there's about there's about 19 groups that are involved in wow. varying ways. Um, but what's really great and inspiring about this campaign is it's not just about the big local gr- the groups. They are very important and play an important role. But it's also just local people on the streets forming their own little action groups and getting involved and talking to their local MP and putting pressure on their local MP to say, no, you're going to rule this out. Mm. Um, and so that's what's been really, really exciting is just seeing the community really jump on board and say, this isn't the future we want for us. It's not the future we want for our children. It's certainly not the future we want for our grandchildren. Mm. Um, and we say no. Hmm. True, true. Um, I read a um, quote from former chief scientist of the Australian Institute of Marine Science, Charlie Veron, yesterday. Um, and the quote said, and he has been credited with discovering 20% of the world's coral species, very um, well-respected and well-known. And he um, 
says that a quarter to a third of all marine species have some part of their life cycle in a coral reef, in the coral reef, and that if we wipe out coral reefs, we're going to crash the ecologies of the ocean. And that, again, is just when you read and hear things like that, you just kind of wonder how um, we can keep allowing or our government can keep allowing minds like this to go ahead um, because to no benefit to our environment, clearly... It's um yeah, quite so it's, shocking. It's a shocking, horrible thing, and, and but I think we can and are able to stop it. Um, and I think we're seeing that with how active the community is getting um, on this issue, and that we are beginning to see um, members of all parties say, "Look, yeah, maybe this loan is not a great idea. Maybe this mine is not a great idea." And so there's still a long way to go, but it is working. Mm. The pressure is working. It is building, and members of parliament are starting to go, "Oh, maybe not. Maybe this isn't. Maybe this isn't the smart idea." They're slow to coming to the party, but they're coming to the party. So we can still go back, can we? Is it? I'm not. I guess I'm not clear on where the approval is at as well. Um, it has it been approved? Is it going ahead? Can it be stopped? What do we do to stop it? Kind of thing. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. So the the mine's gone through a long set of approval processes, mm. um, and uh, many of those were challenged um, in the courts. Um, ACF uh, just uh, had the hearings for a challenge and a decision for the challenge for the federal environment minister's approval. We unfortunately weren't successful with that. So at the moment, the mine has its state and um, federal environmental approvals. Um, and it's mining license, but it still lacks what's known as an ILUA, which is an Indigenous land use agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Wanganjagalingu people, who are the traditional owners of the land upon which the Carmichael mine will be built, or is proposed to be built, um, have said no three times. Um, and at the moment, the issue is going through the courts, and they've got their next set of hearings next year. So that remains an outstanding uh, point for the Adani coal mine. They still don't have that land use agreement, and they do need it. But they're also actually missing the financial backing to build the project. Um, so there haven't yet been any banks um, that have stepped up and said, yeah, we'll put money into this. Um mm. And so Adani is still trying to sort that out. And so they don't really have the finances at the moment to actually Mm. build the project. And that's obviously a big roadblock for them. (coughs) Hence the role of the Australian government in bringing on board this um, billion dollar handout. So I'm really curious, Basha, because, you know, sort of the the environmental circles that we sort of move in, they keep saying that coal is actually not profitable at all, not even if we sell it overseas. Um, So... What is going on here? So we're putting in, you know, the, the government would be putting in all that money to get it started, but how are they then going to see profits? Have you got any idea? <laughs> Look, it's an excellent question. It's a it's a question that uh, we put back to the government and we put back to Adani. Um, I, I don't know. Um, certainly the coal market hasn't been performing very well and, and there was a major, the head of a major coal investment uh, firm, BlackRock, out in Australia not that long ago who basically said that Australia is trying to defy gravity when it comes to coal. Uh, coal is dead. Um, and so it's a really good question. And it's a question that I think we do need answered about how how this is going to survive. But regardless of, I think, the financial economic situation for coal, the, the real message we need to be sending is that in order to take real action on climate change, we need to be ending coal mining. 
um, and we need to stop burning coal, whether it be in our own coal-fired power stations or exporting that overseas. Um, we're seeing other countries, such as India, which is where this uh, where this coal is going to go, taking serious actions. They're taking real leadership on renewables. They're trying to end the coal import industry in their country and bringing coal in. So the world is moving, and the world is moving very, very fast, and Australia is just moving in completely the other direction. Um, and that's really disappointing to see, not just on an economic basis, but actually on a leadership <coughs> basis, because we're really trying to pull the world backwards towards an industry that we can no longer have if we want to maintain our way of life and we want to ensure that our children and grandchildren are able to live their lives and enjoy places like the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, and still ha also have an, uh, an active fisheries industry in Australia in a few years' time, hopefully. I mean, you know, killing the Great Barrier Reef is not going to do anybody a favour, including other industries that, that Australia depends on uh, and that are uh, alive and well at the moment. Um, so, Basha, how, how could people get involved? How can, how can people listening to Out of the Blue today get involved in this and uh, support either the campaign and also how can we support the, um, the indigenous groups who are now fighting this mine from, from getting established on their land? Because a lot seems to be hinged on, on those decisions. How can we support them? Yeah, absolutely. So there's heaps and heaps of different ways people can get involved. Um, and most of those can be found on the ACF, on the Australian Conservation website. So I definitely encourage you to visit that, um, have a look at the various things, both, you know, from signing petitions to attending local events, hosting a screening of the Garden of Galilee, which tells the story of what the Adani coal mine is going to do, tells the Indigenous story, tells the local community story and the story of the community action happening around Australia. And we've seen lots of these screenings being hosted. So really encourage people to watch that documentary, but also host a screening in their local community. Um, we've got a day of action coming up um, on the 7th of October. And that's taking place right around the country, including in, in Melbourne, in Princess Park. Um, so people are really encouraged to come along to that. We uh, thought that it might, we need to probably send a much bigger message to our uh, politicians. So we're going to spell it out for them in giant letters <laughs> right around the country that what we want is them to stop Adani. Um, so come along to that. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, when it comes to the immensely important and long-term fight that the Wangadjokalingu people are fighting. Um, they have their own uh, website, the Wangadjokalingu Family Council. If you Google it, it will come up. Um, and there's a lot there about their fight and what they're doing. And you can support them through donations. You can support them through, um, you know, getting in touch and offering assistance. There's a lot of different ways that people can support them. And I really encourage you to, to look that up and have a read about the fight that they've been having for many, many years. Um, they're under immense pressure, particularly as a group that's already said no so many times. And they are asking the question, how many more times are they required to say no? And I think running to your MP as well, like old school, uh, writing a letter to him or her would be uh, part of this campaign as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, call your MP, write to your MP. Um, if you're in a seat which has a Liberal or Coalition Member of Parliament, then get in touch with them and saying, no, we do not want to spend a billion dollars on this. And if you're in a Labour Party seat or a Green seat, well, the Greens have a great position on this, so you can just say thanks for that <laughs> and keep up the fight. And with the Labour Party, they really need to take a much stronger stance on saying no to the Adani coal mine. Yeah. 
So we'll put a heap of links up on our Facebook page where you can go to get more information about Adani, more information about the Australian Conservation Foundation's campaign um, and a few of those other websites that, Bashi, you've mentioned today as well. Um, We are going to have to wind up now. um, And in the studio next is Sally with Out of the Pan. Um, You've been listening to Out of the Blue on 855am. Have a great Sunday. This is